Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Hello and welcome into a Tuesday edition of Sports Scene. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Sam, going to produce the broadcast today. Have a good guest list for you. Uh, Seth Galena, Pro Football Focus, will obviously talk about the draft. Aaron Fit, D1 Baseball, will talk to you about where he sees this Gator program, the SEC, college baseball, etc. And then two local high school basketball coaches, <coughs> Willie Powers <coughs> of PK Young on the girls' side and Pop Williams of East Side on the boys' side. The FHSAA just passed a rule um, that implements a shot clock, but it is not mandatory. I'm not quite sure I understand the logic of that. If you're not going to make it mandatory, then why do it? And how does that happen? Okay, so let's just say my school implements the shot clock and I go play Sam's school, which doesn't. Well, I guess you just play the game without a shot clock, right? And if you don't have a shot clock and all of a sudden you go to a school that does, well, then you better practice that well, as well. Um, Now, The exact wording here is optional but recommended starting this coming season, 22-23. But it did not require the shot clock in 24-25 as was originally planned. So I, I, I don't know what this means exactly for the sport and we will, and by the way, it's going to be a 35-second shot clock as opposed to the 24 in the NBA or the 30 uh, in college basketball. There's a cost here. There, there's a cost. Certainly, uh, when you got to buy the equipment and then got to have somebody to run it. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get the reaction to that. Uh Boy, NBA playoffs, the Nets gone. I'm glad. The Nets are the Eastern Conference's Lakers. I'm tired of hearing about the Nets. I'm tired about hearing about Kyrie Irving. I'm glad they're done. Go home. You're done. So now we can move on with the, with the playoffs. Good playoff games. Good playoff games. Good to see. I'm scared, too, because the Mets keep winning. They beat the Cardinals yesterday. The Mets have, are winning series. They're playing good baseball. It's frightening. Many of you uh, have commented on uh, Gator Baseball. Uh, we will continue to take your comments about that today. Anything else 
you would like to bring up. So, without further ado, we'll do what we do, give you the phone lines, 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. And Sam will make sure that uh, all your calls will get here. I'm having a tough time, though, from a technology standpoint, getting my emails here, but I think I've got them now. Uh, Okay, I do. William wanted to take a day before giving his two cents on baseball, but his conclusion, he says, has not changed. 6-12 and in SEC play. It's now clear this is one of the worst teams and possibly the worst since Sully's been at Florida. A lot of guys who've been around a while now who bluntly are just not very good. Halter continues not to hit his weight. Fabian does the majority of his damage against inferior opponents. Thompson can't hit lefties. Pretty much everybody in the lineup outside of Langford, who by far and away is the MVP of the club, just hasn't lived up to the hype and the standard of this program. Let me stop there. The use of that word, William, is interesting, isn't it? And to anybody else listening. The standard. The standard. You hear that all the time. Living up to the standard. What is the standard? And sometimes you don't live up to the standard. It's not easy living up to the standard sometimes. If it were that easy, and I keep saying this, and nobody wants to understand this, okay? The other teams pay coaches. The other teams recruit. And every once in a while, you're not going to live up to whatever the hell the standard is. You're not. Once again, the question always for me is, how long are you down? Because everybody gets down eventually. But I'll continue. On the pitching side, now that Barco's most likely done, I have confidence in no one. There's the false narrative going around about Purnell, uh, but he has a four ERA and SEC play, bad for a reliever. Uh, we had the top class in the country in terms of recruiting last year. I'd like to see what those guys have. What's the worst that can happen? We aren't very good and lose games because we're already there. Well, here's my answer to you, William, when it comes to that. The season is not lost. The season is not lost. It is the job of any coach, man, woman, I don't care what sport, okay, to put the best lineup out there that they, or the whatever the sport is, that they see fit, okay? And we saw uh, what a young player did the other day, had a nice day, hit a homer, okay? Does that mean he's going to do that consistently? No. We saw Talbot early in the year get some hits, but then, you know, he hasn't played a whole lot. And I get it. Are you like he wants to put in Prevaskin, Lastris, Robinson, some consistent at bats? You're gonna you're gonna sit Ryapel. So I guess where I'm going here 
He says these guys are the future. The old guys have had their chance. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. Okay. Thank you, William, for that. Anybody has a comment about that? We'll hear from you. Daryl, you're next. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Steve, yourself. <sighs> okay. Steve, let me throw this out at you. You think some Gator fans just, they forgot how good the SEC is in baseball now, and they fail to realize that maybe the rest of these teams is caught up with Florida? That's correct. That, and look, I get it in, in some respects, Daryl, that I actually had um, a football fan come up to me on my way to a game and say the following. I'm paraphrasing. Are you Steve Russell? Yes. And I thought, oh, God. I really love your show. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. He said, well, there's one thing I disagree with. Okay, what's that? He said, you know, sometimes you bring up the other schools. I don't give a damn about the other schools. I care about this school. So why do you keep bringing the other schools up? And I thought about that. And I think some fans, Daryl, don't want to hear that. All they care about is how is my school doing and why isn't my school at the top of the chain. I get it. Right. Well, look at Tennessee, Steve. Tennessee really hadn't been this good in how long? been many years, correct? Yes. Well, I mean, they were good last year, but not this good. Right. You know, I'm not trying to compare baseball to football. In some aspect, I am because, you know, after Spurrier left Florida, Teams started catching up with Florida, and it's going to be the same way when Saban leaves Alabama. Teams are starting; they're going to catch up with Alabama. And it's starting to happen now. You can't stay on top forever, Steve. Nope, you can't. But try telling that to some fans that that just doesn't fly with them for whatever the reason. And it has changed so much now with social media. I'll say it, I guess, till I take my last breath. You know, some of these fans, they just think because you can't win all the time, you want to fire Tim Walton softball. You want to fire Kevin O'Sullivan. It doesn't happen that way. You're not, like I say, you're not going to be on top all the time. All right, Daryl. Appreciate your call. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, sir. 12-12, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. NFL draft in a couple of days. Seth Galena, pro football focus, joins us next ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WAF. The flagship of the Florida Gators, ESPN 98.1 FM at 8.50 AM, WRUF. Ladies and gentlemen, I've told you for many years about my relationship with Southeast Car Agency. I trust the people who work there, and the reason I trust them is because they have been really good to me. The vehicles I've purchased from there over these long years have all been good, have all been reliable, and the best thing about it all, the best thing is the relationship I have with the Cousins family that owns it because not one time, not even in the beginning when I didn't really know them and vice versa, did they ever try to hard sell me a vehicle. They just said, here's our vehicles, take a look at them, whichever ones you want to test drive, we'll help you do it. And, and I was frankly taken aback by that. But that's how they do their business. You can go online, secars.com. Check out the vehicles they have. And remember, all they have is the best in late model, low mileage vehicles. No new vehicles. You can go to see them at Northeast 39th Avenue. And as I said, test drive them for yourself. One thing you must do when you go see them in person, 
Make sure and tell them Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency. Life is all about choices. Veggies or meat, sleep in or hit the gym. Luckily, choosing Cox Internet over AT&T is easy. With Cox, you can always choose Internet that can deliver speeds even faster than 5G providers. With AT&T, you don't. That's easier than packing a swimsuit for the pool. Get Cox today, the no-brainer choice for fast and reliable Internet. Based on GigaBlast download speeds up to 1 gigabyte per second compared to average download speeds over 5G. Download speed up to 1 gigabyte per second requires DOCSIS 3.1 modem with 2.5 gigabyte per second Ethernet port. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Hi, this is Dr. Luis Rodriguez of Exceptional Dentistry. Hear what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. I was really looking for some top-of-the-line dentists to you know, be under their care. I mean, from the first day I came here, when you walk in, they treat you just with the utmost kindness. I've never known dentist or any uh, health care provider in my life that has the compassion towards people that they do. It's just very well worth it. When you leave, you just feel great. But if you want good quality work and dentists that really care about you as a person and your your health care like that, come to Exceptional Dentistry because they are exceptional. This is Dr. Luis Rodriguez, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. Spring has sprung, and with the warmer temperatures, it's time to heat up your outdoor entertainment. Hi, this is Tom Collette at Electronics World. Upgrade your outdoor space now with the latest gear at Electronics World. With outdoor TVs from Sunbright and Samsung, outdoor speakers from Yamaha, Sonance, Speakercraft, Kef, Martin Logan, and more. We've got everything you need to entertain your family and friends. Come see and hear for yourself at Electronics World in Gainesville or online at electronicsworld.net. Hey folks, it's Steve Russell. You know I've been telling you for a long time now about my friends at Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries in Gainesville. Well, this month, a brand new milkshake. You know how good their milkshakes are. It's the Unicorn Shake, an explosion of magical flavors. If you're in a hurry, you can order ahead at DickMondells.com for a quick pickup. Also, Dick Mondells is hiring new team members looking for competitive pay and flexible hours. Contact jobs at DickMondells.com. Dick Mondells, burgers and fries, great food and great shakes, too. Scared money don't make money holds true on and off the field. This is Gators head football coach Billy Napier. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF is Gainesville's only sports radio home for all things Gators. If your business can use a boost in sales, let Peter and the gang help. Contact the radio home of the orange and blue by logging on to WRUF.com and clicking on the Contact Us button at the bottom of the page. We are your home for Tampa Bay Rays baseball. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world with the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Speaking of the Rays, we'll have their game here Thursday at 1 o'clock. little afternoon baseball, an hour of Sports Scene, and then Rays baseball. But right now we're going to focus on the NFL draft in a couple of days. Pro football focus is Seth Galina here Seth, I've already got, believe it or not, three questions for you, sir, from our listeners. Here we go. 
Sam says he's a Browns fan. Uh, wide receiver first or the defensive end first to compliment Miles Garrett? Yeah, I mean, oof. I think you probably want to, given how talented the receiver class is, I think you can wait. Now, if, if someone falls in your lap and you really like, sure, I get it. But I think that the wide receiver class is too deep that you can just wait, wait around, and, and you'll still find a, a really good one later in the draft. So I think, and obviously the defensive line is really a sore spot for them last season, more so the interior, but still I, I would go there first and then kind of wait around for a receiver. Matt says uh, he's a 49ers fan. Um, why would the Niners trade Debo? Is two first-rounders too much? Who do you think will get him if there's a trade? The Jets make the most sense, like logically, because they have the draft capital, they have the cap space, and they're basically 49ers East Coast. Right. Um, given that, you know, you know, the staff and I guess some of the personnel are, were formerly of uh, the San Francisco 49ers staff. So that makes the most sense. Obviously, you don't want to trade him. But if he doesn't want to play for you, then he doesn't want to play for you. You might as well go get picks for him. I think, too, I, I think it will probably, if it happens, I don't think it's two first-rounders. Um, especially given, like, if it is the Jets, I don't think, you know, four pick four and ten is a little too rich for me. You know, other teams with, with two picks in the first round, uh, you know, the Giants at five and seven, the Saints at 16 and 19, that's a little too rich. You know, maybe when you're talking the Chiefs, I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to trade for them, the Chiefs with picks 29 and 30 make a little more sense. So with the Jets, they also have, I think, picks 35 and 38. So if you, you, you package those two, and then maybe a pick uh, next next year. I think that makes the most sense. Or pick ten and pick thirty eight. I think that makes sense too. Okay. And then Joe says, uh, "Big Gator fan, uh, why would there are reports the Giants are looking to trade Kadarius Tony? Why would they trade him already?" Well, it just seems like it really doesn't have to do with on the field stuff because already you know last year he came in. Um, with, with the prior coaching staff already and took them a long time to get integrated, I guess you could say, with the, with, with the team. And then already the new coaching staff, they've had a little bit of time to talk to their players and figure out what they're trying to do and they already seems like they want to move on with him. So clearly it's not an on-the-field thing. We've seen the, the, the bits of flashes that he can do on the field, but it must be something um, that, they're, that they're just not liking off the field. Or not, you know, off the field in terms of his, whether it's preparation, whether it's actual off the field stuff or stuff like that. Okay. All right. Now, those are the questions, Seth. I'll fire uh, mine here. <laughs> um, if you were to guess in the first round, will it be very active, active, or not very active in terms of trades in the first round? I want to say not very active just because of what's happened leading up to the draft. Like we've already had a whole bunch of trades. We already know there's, you know, the most ever teams with two picks in, in the first round. So that's why I'll say it won't be very active. But obviously because, you know, the flip side of that is saying, okay, but because all these teams have two picks in the first round, uh, you know, like I said, the Chiefs and the Saints and – uh, the Packers, now maybe they feel like if there's a player that they really like who, who they feel like might be snapped up, they can package those two picks and move up. So I think there's a chance, um, but I, I think it won't be as active in the trade market. 
Trevor Lawrence last year was the pick. Everybody in the free world knew it. There are reports in Jacksonville, Seth, that there's some, I don't want to say conflict, but I'll use the word, as to who they would choose first. Are you hearing that as well? Yeah, I mean, it seems like, from my understanding that I get um, from reading the same stuff that, that I'm sure everyone is getting as well, is just that the ownership wants one guy, the general manager wants one guy, and even the head coach wants another guy. So I think that's very interesting. Um, we've seen reports that now the, the odds are in betting favorite is George's Javon Walker to go number one overall. And that, um, I mean, think about it. If you, if you would have said that to me two months ago, I would have said you're crazy. Uh, here we are. And it looks more and more likely. So I don't, it seems like they don't have a player. Um, you would think at this point you would, they, they probably do, um, but they're not letting on, um, at least to our knowledge. So it, it remains to be seen. And honestly, like the, the, the talk is Walker or Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson. However, the, the word on the street is that the head coach likes one of the offensive tackles. So I wouldn't even surprise me. And honestly, to tell you the truth, like I don't see why we're not talking about them taking an offensive tackle for the first overall pick, given that you're going to want to protect the player that you just mentioned in Trevor Lawrence. So to me, I don't think you can go necessarily wrong because they're all really good players. Um, but I think tackle is an interesting spot for them. Okay, quick hitters here to end, Seth. First quarterback off the board. Oh, I'll still say Pickett. I think Pickett to Carolina just because that's the funniest outcome. Okay. Um, who is the quarterback in this draft? Because you guys, you know, do all the research into what they do. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like personally in this draft. I like Ritter. I like Carson Strong. I, I like a lot of things about Sam Howell. Malik Willis, I mean, you, you can't not like the arm strength and the, um, and the legs. Um, obviously, there's other issues. But I think those, you know, for sure, like most well-rounded one is Ritter. And then a guy who threw a lot of passes when the NFL scheme, so-called NFL scheme, is, is Carson Strong in Nevada, who, who he's an interesting middle-round player. Uh, Kyer Elam. I've seen some mocks where he's in the first round, some where he's in the second. How do you rate him? I think he's easily a first-round player. And to me, I do see a little bit of a gap between, let's say, the Tier 1 corners, Stingley and Sauce Gardner. And then, so like a little bit of a gap, but then Elam is in that Tier 2 group, which is definitely a first-round talent. Press man, um, does everything well, big body. Uh, to me, if you anything – the second he drops past, like, I don't know, I'm making up a number here, but like 17, 18, 20, the value is crazy there. Um, I think he's a first-rounder for sure. All right, I'm going to end here, and I hope this comes out the way I want it to. This may be the dumbest question you get, and I hope it isn't. <laughs> I'm okay. for this. I hope it isn't. <laughs> um, I, I think most people, and if you, do, if you don't agree, tell me, at least from a fan standpoint, quarterback – is the most important position in the sport. Is that a fair statement? I think so, yeah. Okay, so let's take that statement. If you had to, and I guess it varies by team, Seth, but in today's NFL, you know, you always hear about lockdown corner, uh, you know, protect the quarterbacks, blind side with a lineman. What's the next most important position in your mind now in pro football? Yeah, I think you're you're debating between corner, tackle, like you said, and 
edge rusher. Obviously, I think you can make a case on defense that having an elite player gives you the ability to scheme around that player and use that player, if you can do it, use that player to his greatest strength. But I w- will say that it, it is a tough one. It is a tough one. I, I want to say corner. Yeah, I'll, I'll say corner. I think you, can, you can't go wrong with any of the three positions that I mentioned. I think I want to say corner because that's the first. Like, I, I, I kind of think of it, the, you know, we, we know the passing game is king. And I think that when I think about how teams complete passes, how teams defend passes, the first line of defense is the cornerback. Okay. Is, is the co- the coverage players right? Yep. And I'm not necessarily trying to say that coverage is more important than pass rush or vice versa. I'm just saying, in a from a lin- lin- linear perspective, one through you know A through Z, the first line of defense is: can you take away the quarterback's first read that allows the pass rusher to get there? So I'm going to say corner, um, just because of that line of thinking. Okay. And the last thing. We, we, often, we all hear about successful drafts where teams will draft a guy middle rounds and he becomes a starter. In your mind, what is a successful draft? Well, that's a good question. Obviously, I think that, hmm, like, if you can go and get, go and get six pro bowlers and that's a successful <laughs> draft. Yeah, I, I would uh, agree so with that. that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, like, finding – being able to fill specific holes on your team in the late round. So obviously, you know, I do think that in the first round, you're trying to find the guy who, even if it's not necessarily a super position of need, which is why the draft always gets wonky as we go on through the first round. Like, even if it's not a super position of need, like, you're just trying to find really good football players. Okay. But I think after that, I think a good draft is filling like these weirdly specific needs. And it's like, oh, we need uh, an interior pass rusher for third down. We need a nose tackle on first down. You know, we need this type of player, that type of player. I think finding those type of players in the middle rounds. Now, you can luck out and find a, a Hall of Famer in the middle rounds. It happens. But, like, I think realistically, you're just trying to find these solid players who fit these specific needs uh, within your team, within your scheme. Well, with the draft a couple of days away, Seth, what's Pro Football Focus going to look like? Uh, well, we have our draft show. Um, I'm packing my bags. I'm, I'm on my way to Cincinnati to do the draft show. Chris Collinsworth, um, all, the, all the guys are going to be in studio talking about the draft. I think it's on the PFF YouTube channel. You go to pff.com, get 50% off um, all the subscriptions and with NFL Draft 50 is the promo code. So we got a lot going on. Tell Collinsworth I said hello, please. Um, he's a Gator, and obviously I've known him a long time. So tell him hello. And uh, next week we'll figure out who did well and who didn't. Always appreciate your time, Seth. Thank you. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you the thing with Collinsworth yeah. before I get off here. Sure. Meeting him in person. You remember, you know, it's been a long time since he stopped playing, right? He was, in, he was a player in the 80s, right? Yeah. And he didn't play for that long. Once you meet him in person, you remember that he's a wide receiver. Tall, big hands. Um, it, you remember that this guy was a professional football player. And I just wanted to say that. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Seth, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Yep. Uh, Seth Kalina, Pro Football Focus, 1229. Time check brought to you by Hayes Chilowee, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WAUF. From the heart of campus and the College of Journalism and Communications on Stadium Road, 
ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Hey, sports fans, spring sports season is here. Basketball, baseball, softball, track and field, and the spring football game. Boy, am I excited. Well, now is the time to prune your trees and start preparing for those nasty summer storms. Don't wait until it's too late. Call Daughtry Tree Service today for your free evaluation. 352-472-2465. That's 352-472-2465. Or check us out online at Daughtry Tree Service. We believe a job worth doing is worth doing right. The crack of the bat, the roar of the crowd, the taste of peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Is anything better than baseball? Steve Russell here. Join Jeff Cardozo and me every Wednesday at 11 for On Deck, a one-hour show where we'll break down all things baseball. Curious about the MLB season? What's Sully working on with the Gators? We'll dissect all of that and more every Wednesday at 11 a.m. during On Deck. It's sure to be a hit, and it's here on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics now. That pain in your back, your knees, your shoulder, it can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics, growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Really exciting stuff here. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and no surgery. You've heard Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action now. Get a free consultation. Powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics now. Now with offices in Ocala and the Villages. 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Your happiest spring starts at Lowe's because Spring Fest is on now. Find everything you need this season at a great low price like the Craftsman 20-volt string trimmer for just $99. And grab select miracle Grow Brilliant Blooms 25-ounce annuals, two for $10. Come into Lowe's today for the fun and savings of Springfest. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. miracle Grow offer in-store only. Plant size and selection varies by location. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Selection varies by location. While supplies last, about 428 through 5-4. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Staying warm into the evening, but there is a system passing just to our north that could trigger a few showers and thunderstorms during the evening along the I-10 corridor and also east of I-75, but they should be isolated in nature. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, lows in the mid-60s. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and a little bit cooler than the past couple of days. Highs tomorrow afternoon getting into the mid-80s. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Dan Orlovsky with us now, guys. Right now, I can be Keyshawn on one-on-one, absolutely. Dan's not one-on-one. Damn, I've seen Dan play. Dan's not bad, but Dan, I, can't, I can't put Dan over Keyshawn. Dan, you lost your mind. Hey, if we're playing 11 I'm 100% beating Keyshawn. Only thing you're going to beat me in is swimming and golf. That's Key, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Live coverage of the first round of the NFL Draft starts Thursday at 7, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app.
This is Gatorhead football coach Billy Nate here, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on the ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Thank you, Coach, and a nice segue into one of our guests tomorrow, Blake Alderman, 24-7 Sports. will talk to you about Gator football recruiting, the staff out on the road. He'll talk to you about some of their targets and what they're doing, and then Ashlyn Sullivan. One of our grads will talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they may do in the NFL draft. 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. D, we'll talk NBA. Hey, D. What's up, Steve? Uh, man, you, you said a mouthful in your opening monologue about the Nets, man. Uh, you know, I thank God, because they, <laughs> they, 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 they tried to cheat the regular season, Steve. They tried, they tried to cheat it. And it caught up to them because they thought they were just going to go into the playoffs, you know, flip that proverbial light switch. But the, the light switch didn't work. The lights didn't come on. And, you know, my Boston Celtics, the reason why I'm so proud of them, Steve, is because the last game of the season, there were three teams that had an opportunity to get that two seed. It was Boston, Philly, and Milwaukee. Philly and Milwaukee chose to set their regulars down. Was it rest or try to avoid Brooklyn? You, you be You be the judge of that, but... The Celtics played their starters and basically said, uh, you know, Brooklyn, we want you. Uh, we, we not a, Their motto is we're not, we don't run from anybody and, you know, we're going to do what we do. That's, that's the coach's model. That's Jalen Brown's motto. So the, the Celtics wanted this series bad. They wanted back at Kyrie bad after what happened with him in Boston and what happened last year, you know, him stomping on the logo at, at midcourt. So the Celtics took this personal and the sweep these guys with the second highest payroll. Man, I can't stop laughing. You know, what? I wonder if you agree with this, though, whether you like the Nets or whether you don't. It just seems to me, and maybe because this year I'm following the playoffs a little more than I normally do. I think there's been some really good series so far. But there's a lot of injuries. You know, Mitchell for the Jazz, you know, Embiid, Hurt, uh, Luka Doncic. So... I wonder if the NBA and the Players Association will take a look at an 82-game regular season. I, I, what say you? I don't know. They, they may cut it back a little bit, Steve. But it, say if you cut it to 72, man, that's a lot of that's a lot of revenue loss. It I is. Mean, that's and the owners are not going to go for that. I, I just think this happens every year in the playoffs, Steve. You know, uh, it's it's a battle of attrition. You know, who can look what happened to the Nets last year? Uh, who's to say if Kyrie doesn't sprain his ankle and Harden doesn't? You know, hurt his hamstring. Do they beat? Do they beat Milwaukee? I mean, but that's that's just the luck of the draw, man. It's 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 always been that way in the NBA. So, uh, you know, the healthiest team, not the best team, doesn't always win. It's it's usually the healthiest. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to have the Jimmys and Joes to play. There's no sure. doubt about it. For sure. And one more thing, Steve. Sure. Uh, I still think Philadelphia is going to win this series, but for. Uh, Doc Rivers to be up 3-0, and now they're in a dogfight with Toronto when they could have, you know, dropped a hammer on them because I think Miami's going to finish off Atlanta tonight. And uh, Philly could have had at least at least a couple of days more rest in Miami. But now this this may end up going seven, man. And if, God forbid, they lose, whoo, man, I, I think Doc, Doc Rivers may have to leave the country. <laughs> well, I, yeah, because that's a big leap, though. It's still 3-1. It was 3-2 now. Toronto. After last night, 3-2, yes. Okay. Right. So it's still a big leap, but I get it. The, 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 way you, the way that you paint that, 
No, that would yeah. not be good for Philly. <laughs> would not be good for Doc Rivers. No, I'm with you. At, at all. Be good, Steve. All right. Thank you, D. Byron, welcome. <laughs> Steve, uh, on the NBA, man, D, some great calls, man. But, uh, my, my Celtics, Steve, I, I guess you can call me a bandwagon fan, a BWF, but I'm, I'm with D, man. I, you know, being uh, the, the Heat is doing good on his area, so I would definitely be on their, their wagon, too. But Orlando's dying up here. But congratulations to Boston, man, the sweep of four games and wow, and everything he said. And also, Steve, uh, uh, just shout out to some of the Gators playing. Finney Smith is having a great series. And, and also, my, my, my man with, with Boston, um, I'm having a beautiful love talking about Steve. Yeah, Horford. Al Horford. But, but Steve, uh, uh, that would be a big upset, too. I think the Jazz, boy, the Mavericks beating them, boy. You remember last year I was bragging about uh, the Utah Jazz three players and uh, Donovan and those guys. So, boy, it's an exciting game. So, just shout out to D with that call, man. And I'm enjoying it, too, Steve. And, uh, and that would be a if Doc lose this series, because I was thinking it's going to be Boston and Phillies at the end, with maybe Miami sneaking in there, Steve, hopefully. But if Doc loses that, D, I'm with you. He might have the lead coaching. Thanks, Steve. Go Gators. Byron, thank you. And look, I think anybody <coughs> who's in the hierarchy of the NBA or any league wants competitive series. I do think Miami's going to close out Atlanta tonight. But isn't Minnesota and Memphis tied at two, I think? And I think New Orleans and Phoenix is tied at two. And I don't think anybody thought New Orleans would be tied with Phoenix at this juncture. So... Uh, that's pretty good stuff for the NBA. Three nine two eight two five five. James says, "What are your odds on the Bucks repeating as champions?" It's hard to repeat. Hard to repeat. And James, I'm going to wiggle out of the question a little bit. Who's healthy? Who avoids you know a major injury? Um, I always go with the field in this. It's not that you can't do it, but it's hard to repeat. Uh, but great question. Um, John emails. Uh, he actually has a Gator Baseball question. He says, uh, Steve, when you and Jeff do your show tomorrow, could you both give your opinions as to why this Gator Baseball season has gone sideways? Would he be interested to hear it? Uh, sure. I'll ask Jeff that. I'm, I'm sure he'll give his two cents worth, and I will too. And I'm going to say this again. This is not like a Mike White situation. This is not like a Dan Mullen situation. If you want to include Tim Walton in this, you know, I think Sully and Tim have sort of earned some stripes here. Okay. Florida in softball is still 11 and 10 in the league. It isn't like they're 6 and 12. But I'm telling you this where the expectation is of these two programs is not a fan's fault. It's the standard these two coaches have set to their credit, to their players' credit. And yeah, when they don't meet that, it's like, whoa. But I'm telling you, the league, look at basketball. I, I, 
There's not a sport in which Florida's competing in which the league has gotten better. It'll be interesting, for example, in football. Do you think that Beamer and Josh Heupel overachieved in year one? I would say the answer is yes. Wouldn't you? So now, is their fan base going to expect an incremental improvement from that? In other words, are they thinking, what, could we finish second in the East? Florida's down. Could, could we finish that? I mean, but maybe they take a step back. And remember, the transfer portal is closing here. May 1st, we should know who's on what team. Thank goodness. Okay? So that will happen. 1242, uh, actually 1243, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. The FHSAA just passed a rule that implements a shot clock. A couple of coaches, one on the men's side, one on the women's side, will comment next. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WAUF. If it's happening with the Gator Nation, hear it here first. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. A recent study showed there are over 4,000 religions in the world. Now that's a lot of choices. And God has given us the freedom to believe what we want to believe. Yet more and more people, frustrated with organized religion, are choosing to have no religious affiliation at all. Maybe you're one of those. Perhaps you've had a bad experience or been hurt by someone in your church or synagogue. If that's the case, I can only imagine how you must feel. But please remember, Christians are not perfect people. No one is perfect. And as Christians, we often fail to model the character and the spirit of Jesus. So instead of just searching for religion, consider having a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. You see, religion is based on what I think I must do for God. Christianity is based on what Jesus has done for you. It's a gift. This is Bryant Wright, speaking right from my heart. For devotions, visit rightfromtheheart.org. Protect your hard-earned savings from inflation with Radiant Credit Union's Adjustable Rate Certificate. Many investors are waiting and watching as interest rates continue to climb, but inflation could be eating away the value of your savings. Our new Adjustable Rate Certificate lets you invest now, knowing that twice each year, your rate will automatically adjust to keep up with interest rates. Learn more at RadiantCU.org protect. Radiant Credit Union is federally insured by the NCUA. We're all on this planet together, so join Odyssey and find your one thing. Stock up on reusable bags for the grocery store, and be sure to recycle paper, bottles, and cans to make everyday Earth Day. Join Odyssey, and together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? Do you have joint pain in your knees or hips or shoulder or back? Pro football legend Emmett Smith knows how disruptive it is. How can you focus? How can you be at your optimal best when your body is under tag by pain? That's why Emmett's such a proponent of QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is here with regenerative options using natural biologics, non-surgical alternatives that offer lasting relief for pain in your knees, hips, lower back, and shoulders. This natural biological treatment gives them the chance to get back in the game and to have a normal life. QC Kinetics treatments laser focus on areas of intense pain, allowing your body to heal itself with no drugs. So you can focus on normal life. Walking up the stairs without pain, getting on your bicycle without pain, running again, playing with the kids. Your consultation is absolutely free. 
Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. The following is a commercial announcement. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Southern Sports Today with Chuck Oliver, weekdays at 2, right here on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. Aaron Fick from D1 Baseball will join us at the top of the hour to talk Gators, college baseball, etc. In the meantime, the FHSAA just passed uh, a rule or whatever you want to call it that will initiate a shot clock in high school basketball, but it is not mandatory. So I want to get reaction from a couple of area coaches that have been here a long time. We'll start on the girls' side. Willie Powers of P.K. Young joins us. Well, when I first looked at this, I kind of went, okay, I get it, but it's not mandatory. So the first thing popped in my mind, if you don't have one, and then you go to a school that has one, is that going to be – I mean, is that the way this is going to work? <laughs> Who really knows? That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, it's another – I mean, I, I mean, first of all, who can afford it? Who's going to man it? And are the officials going to be trained to call it? You know, it, we already have a hard time finding officials to do regular games. Now you're going to add the shot clock, and we have people, you know – hard to pay people to do the clock how are we going to pay someone to do the shot clock i don't think all these things are thought out because they don't have to pay for it so i mean i'm not sure the shot clock won't bother me because we get shots up in 10 to 12 seconds so but right. i mean yeah i mean they can help us defensively sometimes when you play teams with methodical but i mean i just don't see how it's going to be done and who's going to man it and, and that type of stuff, you know, because you got to buy the shot clock, you got to buy the buzzer, you have to have someone to run it. So there's a lot of things that come with it that I don't think was well thought out when that, when that was proposed. And, and I guess the other thing, too, if cost is a factor, I, I get that, too. But then I mean, if, if you're playing a game with no shot clock, well, then you can hold the ball theoretically, right. but then you turn around and play somebody else. You can't do that because there's your shot clock. That kind of makes things odd, too. Right. I mean, it, it's going to be odd because it, are both coaches are going to agree with that in their contract. Or, you know, how are you going to say, okay, we have a shot clock. We're, we're going to utilize it, and that's going to cut some, pe- some people not playing those teams because they don't want to use the shot clock. So, I mean, I don't know if it was well thought out. Because, I mean, as coaches, we really don't have much say in that. But 
I just, like I said, it's hard to find officials as it is. Who's going to man the shot clock? And, you know, is the FHSA going to pay for schools to, to afford that? Because I know, with, you know, coming through COVID, there's a lot of people lost a lot of money. Yeah. So who's going to fund this? You know, if it's coming out of their pocket and they're going to fund it, get it set up, get it put together, then I can see that. But it's another thing that's been thrown onto schools that we have to take, you know, the brunt of the, the, the pay. So. Well, let me end with this, because I, I think sometimes somebody listening doesn't understand the FHSAA. And I know a guy like Charlie Ward, you know, the name speaks for itself, is, is was at least partly behind this. But why don't the coaches have more to say with the FHSAA on this when it, to, to the point you just made, when it has all this effect? Why, why isn't there more input from coaches? Uh, that's something that FHSA would have to answer because, like I said, I mean, I'm, I, it doesn't matter to me whether we play with a 24-second clock or not, but being responsible for having someone do it in our gym when we're having problems as it is, you know, paying the officials to have to pay another official to have to put that, you know, thing in our gym, who can afford it? I, I mean, I know I can't come out of my budget to, you know, pay two to $3,000 for a shot clock. And then, you know, pay somebody $40 a night, you know, to run the shot clock. Yeah. And are the officials being trained on what's a shot clock violation? You know, when, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hear you, man. Like I said, it's another thing that, you know, you just really have to scratch your head because no one thinks about all of the intangibles. Yeah, shot clock, I mean, like I said, I'm not against it, I will play with it. But, all the other things that come with it. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty tough to get those things taken care of. Yep. Well, I hear you, Will, and uh, I want to get your reaction. I'm going to talk to Pop here in a second get his. So thank you for doing it as always, my friend. All right. Thank you. Willie Powers, the girls' basketball coach at P.K. Young. Going to get the same reaction here from Pop Williams, the boys' basketball coach at Eastside. Pop, I just talked to Willie about this, and, uh-huh. you know, I – you know, I looked at this, and first of all, I get it. I mean, if, why you want to do it, but it's not mandatory. So, when you first saw this, what were your what were your thoughts? Well, I was kind of surprised. Uh, you know that they want us to kind of you know get the kids ready for college, but it was surprising to me. And most of the teams that you play really with a shot clock, you know, it, these kids don't even hold the ball long enough to, to, to say a shot clock really, because you know, unless you got a team that really want to really trying to win, but. You know, I, I guess, you know, with time changing and, and the kids getting faster, and then I guess it's one way for them to speed up the game. I I mean, it, it, it's tough, but like Willie said, I mean, you know, where are we going to get the money to raise for, you know, for, for those clocks? That's going to be the biggest aspect. Now, if the school board is going to purchase all for all the schools, then I'm okay with it. But where's that money going to come from? Yeah, and, and I, I, maybe I, I, I'm going to get somebody from the FHSAA on here, I think, to explain uh-huh. something like that because – I think that's the crux of this. You know, it, it's one thing to implement it, even though it's not required. One school can have it and one school can't. I'm not sure if that's a competitive advantage or disadvantage, but you're right. It's the money. And and as Willie said, training somebody to do it right, training the right. officials to do it, getting somebody to right, run it. Right. I wonder how much right. that was thought out, Pop. Right, right, right. So the only, the only thing that, that will, it will be – 
if they just say like everybody would have to pay the Santa Fe, where they already have a shot clock the first couple of years, but I'm sure that'd be impossible. That that that'd be that'd, that'd be impossible because of you know they they have their own games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know, I, and they're the only team that got a shot clock. Right, and then I I guess the other thing is contractually, does this affect? Perhaps who you play, if a school doesn't want to use it or wants to, can that affect you know your your, your scheduling at all? Well, well, it should not. I don't think it would affect the scheduling, but I, I feel I feel like um, you know, hey, they they, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the order for the sport that I mean, you probably have to go up on door uh, door fee and a lot of stuff that you get from the schools. I mean, they, it's it's probably going to be a totally different. I mean, you got to charge different, and people going to complain about. You know how much it costs to get in the game and stuff like that. You know, so um, it's it's going to be tough. Okay. Well, Pop, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, man. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for having me, Steve. You thanks, got it, huh? Pop. Yep. Pop Williams, East Side's coach, boys' coach. So there's Willie Powers, girls' coach at PK. I, look, I'm not going to sit here and bash the FHSAA. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I, I've coached at the high school level. I know. From a dollars and cents standpoint, it's hard to raise money. So <clears throat> where is that money going to come from? Do you, do you, does the school board of Alachua County purchase those for every Alachua County school? That's certainly, you, you can lobby for that. That's certainly possible to do. Do you then say to the athletic director, well, you're going to have X games at home. So you're going to, let's say, pay $40 a game to have somebody do that. We have 10 home games. That's $400, which doesn't sound like a lot of money. But at the high school level, that sometimes is a lot of money. So there's more to this. (coughs) We're going to see exactly where this goes. (coughs) BB says, since when did other universities start paying their coaches, and do you think that's really fair, LOL? Yeah, I know. You'd think it might be wise for the Jacks to trade away the number one pick to get more picks, to get more players they obviously need. I've always felt this way, BB, when it came to the number one pick. If you think that pick is the stud you need, then, then you take him. If you don't think there's a clear best player on the board that's going to help you, then you trade down and get more picks. But if you think there's somebody there that we got to have, then you take them. Dr. Gill will be our final caller of the hour. Gill, hello. Uh, hi, Steve. Um, I wanted to call now because it's topical regarding the shot clock, and I've been involved in various ways with high school basketball in the area for about 40 years now. And money is one thing, but let me just tell you something. Um, Going around to so many gyms over the years, you'd be surprised at how many of them have 12- and 13-year-old kids doing the official book and people who've never run the game clock running the game clock. Um, Some schools are great at it. You know, locally we don't usually have any problems, but it is so hard to run a shot clock, much harder than running a game clock. That's going to be the biggest problem is finding people who can do it because they, they can't even get enough people in some schools just to have someone who's competent to run the official scorebook. And it's just one extra problem that I think we're going to have to deal with. Um, the cost not even a factor, really. Yeah, and I think that's – look, most, most of the time things like this have a way of sort of, you know, working themselves out. But 
and again, I, I'm not knocking the FHSAA here, but was this really thought through? They don't have to pay the expense of that. They don't have to go out and find somebody to do that. So we'll see what happens with this. Yeah, they've never actually attended a game, apparently, because our kids, they could have a 15-point lead with a minute to go, and they're jacking up threes. They don't even care about a shot clock. There have been so few games that I've seen that are like 19 to 17 and things like that in the past few years. Even when they're in the 40s, it's because of great defense. These kids play in-your-face defense for 32 minutes. That's why the scores aren't in the 80s. And it's exciting. Um, it's part of strategy that's being taken away. And it's just going to be turned into a, like, run down, jack it up, run down, jack it up type of a game. I personally don't see it happening, and I don't, I don't see where these schools are going to change things about getting competent people to work the scorer's table that could actually effectively run a clock like this. It's just one more problem that we're going to have to face on the road. All right, man. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Gil. Appreciate it. Um, that is our first hour. Uh, hour number two will start with a college baseball conversation. Aaron Fit, E1 Baseball, will join us. And, of course, your questions, calls, and comments always welcome. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. The difference between what you can get at IDC versus a mall jewelry store is like night and day. We can present a customer more options than you would if you went into a mall, let's say, and stopped by seven different stores. You can walk into an IDC and be presented with twice as many options. Meet Angelo Nader, who came to IDC after years of mall store experience and couldn't believe the difference in selection, value, and quality. We have designer brands that most stores have never even heard of. Takori, Viraggio, Fana. We have Christopher Designs, Henry Dossi. These are vendors that before IDC I had never heard of. I've worked in several mall stores, and they simply don't carry them. And at International Diamond Center, you're not working with retail clerks. You're working with seasoned jewelry professionals who will teach you, guide you, and give you the level of service you deserve at a price other stores can't beat, inside or outside the mall. We are one of the few places that can provide you both with great quality service and unmatched pricing. International Diamond Center. The merchandise that we have is unmatched. The prices that we have are incredibly competitive. Our quality is unsurpassed. At Celebration Point. Now that my Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi reaches all over my home, I can finally stream my history shows in my room. And play my games in the den. And of course, blast my jams all over. Mom! Sorry! Those flutists can get pretty rowdy. Stream throughout your home with Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed in certain cases. Panoramic Wi-Fi pods sold separately may be required for extended coverage. Restrictions apply. Daughtry Tree Service has been voted Our Town Magazine's favorite local tree company for 2020, as well as the Newberry Business Hall of Fame for the third year in a row. Call us today for a free estimate. And remember, at Daughtry Tree Service, there's no tree too tall. We do them all. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome into Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Tuesday. Sam Potosa is producing, making sure all the buttons are pushed right. And we thank you for making time in your busy day to join us for the program. Uh, we're going to start out uh, hour number two by talking college baseball. 
Aaron Fitt has been a guest of ours. We always enjoy him being here. Co-editor and national writer for D1 Baseball. Aaron joins us. By the way, Aaron, you, you made me hungry. I, I, I saw your pregame meal in Macon there. That was pretty good. Yeah, I always seek out the local barbecue wherever <laughs> I go. And so that was a little hidden gem there. Pretty good spot. Yeah, I liked it. Um, look, a lot of people here, Aaron, are obviously either upset or surprised or whatever that word is about Gator baseball. And, and I mean, to be honest, I don't think anybody saw this coming. First of all, assess this Florida team as you see it. Is this still a team that can make a postseason? Yeah, I still think they can make a run, you know, but time is ticking. I mean, it, we, we always thought heading into the season that it was going to be one of those teams that was better at the end than they were early just because, you know, they were relying on a lot of really talented freshman arms, and we figured it would take some time for those guys to mature. There would probably be some growing pains in the first half, and we thought by this point in the season they would really – be gelling and you know some of them some of them are I mean they've gotten some good performances from the freshmen and, and Brandon Neely moving into the rotation uh, and having some success is, is a big development but uh, it's just like they it just they seem like they're stuck in the mud you know and, and um, they, they do have some firepower in the lineup but it's like it's not a premium lineup and it's that the pitching is the issue though they just really need they need more on the mound and losing Barco who knows what's going to happen with that that's obviously a huge setback when you, when you have your ace, you know, maybe the best pitcher in the country or on the short list. Um, when he goes down, uh, you know, that's tough to overcome. But I, I still like the talent on the roster, and, and I think the schedule down the stretch is, is more favorable, you know, with, with teams like Kentucky and Missouri and, and South Carolina who are all, you know, not regional teams ahead. So there's still an opportunity for them to make a run, but 6-12 and 12 is a pretty deep hole, so they got to get back in. And I guess with that, too, I mean, there's very little chance they could host at this point. I mean, do you even see that as being possible? Uh, not really. Yeah. You know, I mean, at this point, they're where they're twelve games left, and I guess if they they won all their their SEC games, okay. You know, if you're eighteen yeah. and twelve and you're right. you're in hosting shape, but that seems like a, a long shot. Now, when you take a look at the SEC, Aaron, uh, what Tennessee has done is, is truly remarkable. But Auburn is the team that I just didn't see being as good as it is, and Texas A&M with a first-year coach playing as well as it did. Give me a couple of teams that you think have overachieved in the league. Yeah, those are the two that really stand out. You're exactly right. And, you know, Auburn just felt like a wild-card team heading into the year because you know, we thought they'd be pretty good last year. They had a lot of the core pieces back from that team that went to Omaha in 2019, and, uh, and you know, they just – they, they just underachieved, really. I mean, they, they couldn't get the, the pitching figured out, and, and the catching situation was a problem. And um, but, but they still had a lot of those guys back, you know. I mean, that some of the key veteran guys in the lineup, like a, like a Case and Howell, and, um, you know, it, it seemed like they had a chance to, to make a run here if some of their new guys um, came in and, and, and hit the ground running, like Blake Rambush, the, the Juco transfer, is really the, the fire starter for them. And Sonny Deshara having a, an enormous season, you know, as a, as a transfer from Stanford, Leads the country in OPS right now. I don't think anyone saw that coming. No, so, um, they've been they've been better on the mound, and you know they're they're good enough offensively. So it, it feels like you're right. That's a team that we thought was probably not a regional team heading into the season, and they certainly are now. You know they're right in the thick of the hosting race. So uh, definitely a pleasant surprise. And the same goes for A and M. You know, again, felt like a wild card team uh, with a new coaching staff. Didn't have a great year last year. 
Um, but uh, they've, you know, they figured it out. They've won some big series now. You take a series from Arkansas at home, um, you know, I mean, that's that's a it's a huge one for them because all of a sudden they're, they're sitting there ten and eight. Uh, they've got series wins at Georgia as well and at LSU. So I mean, you're starting to look at a, at a hosting resume there as well, which is just shocking because it's, it's not a really deep team, but they've gotten a few arms that have kind of emerged. Uh, like a Nathan Detmer is, is a key one, and that's that's changed the complexion a little bit of the pitching staff. Aaron, if you take a look at you know some of the teams across the country, and and I'm a big fan, you know, the, with the power conferences, I get it. But how about a Wofford? How about a Georgia Southern who are in your top 25 this week? Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about them. Uh, Wofford's 30 and 10. They've had a pretty nice year. Yeah, and they're like number 12 in the RPI, and, and I think Georgia Southern's got a top five RPI. So, really incredible seasons for those two programs. And you know, Wofford's been a good program for a while, um, but it's, this is clearly their best team, and it's it's an older position player group. If you're a mid-major, you know that's really your best chance to make a run is when you've got those juniors and seniors, and they've got eight or nine uh, upperclassmen in their lineup, and it's just a team that plays a really fun high-octane style of baseball. They run a lot. They lead the country in stolen bases, which they're usually way up there in the top five every year. Uh, it's just kind of who they are. You know, they push the action, you know, throw strikes and, and do the little things well. They're well-coached. And, and Georgia Southern's similar. You know, it's uh, less less speed. You know, they're not going to push the action that way, but they, they execute fundamentally. They're, you look at the numbers and you just kind of shrug. It doesn't look like uh, anyone's putting up huge numbers and really scaring you, but just kind of one of those teams that some is better than the parts. There's a lot of quality at bats, a lot of experience there. And just think, Georgia Southern lost a you know first round talent to Tennessee, Chase Delander. Yeah, um, you know, was transferred in there as a, as a sophomore and has become a, a star in the weekend rotation for the Vols. I mean, imagine if, if they still had that guy, how good they could be. So, to me, to lose him and still have the kind of season they're having is really loud. You know, a, a lot of people here are SEC homers, and you know, rightfully so, Aaron. But the ACC in baseball this year, you know, I, I, Miami is ranked third in your poll. And, you know, when, when I saw them, when I did the games against Miami, I thought they were just okay. But obviously they're, what are they, 31 and 10 or whatever they are. But if you had right now, what league is better, ACC or SEC, what would you say? I think the ACC is deeper. Um, and the SEC may be better at the top. And that, that's, I guess, how I would how I would break it down. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's weird that the bottom of the SEC, there's a big gap, you know, and there's five teams down there with, with lousy conference records. It look like they're going nowhere, you know, and it's weird to have Florida and Ole Miss in that group. Yeah. Um, and those are still those are still talented teams, again, that could make a run. But right now they're not in regional position at all, whereas ACC's got 10 or 11 teams that are legitimately right there in the hunt. Um, I, I think the ACC will get more at-large bids this year, but the SEC probably – uh, has more teams that are that feel like viable national title contenders. Final question. You, you've known Sully a long time, as I have. You, you look at this lineup, Aaron, and you think, you know, Halter was hitting 400 at one point. He's really struggling. Fabian has not done well in the SEC. They're hitting 230 or whatever it is in SEC mm. games. Uh, sometimes you are who you are, or you can get hot as you look at this team going forward, understanding the teams they play that are not great, will they get better? That's the big question, isn't it? Is this who they are? Yeah. Or or, or is there still a run to come? And, I, you know, I look at the names on paper, and, you know, I watched this team a couple of games in Alabama when they won that series, 
Um, and I walked away thinking, okay, like, you know, this is a hosting caliber club, you know, that the talent is there. I mean, between Sterling Thompson and Fabian and Halter and Langford, I mean, you know, BT Ryapel's having a great year. Um, it, it's, there's, there's lots of ingredients here, you know, and it, it shocks me that they're not hitting better in, in SEC play. I mean, it, the, the struggle on the mound aren't as surprising to me, but the, the fact that that lineup has not been a world beater, that, that surprised me because I thought it was going to be an elite offense. Um, and so I feel like they have underachieved to this point, which means there is more in the tank. I mean, I still think they could get hot and make a run, but uh, it's hard to flip that switch when you're in a rut, you know, and, and Tennessee's pitching will put anybody in a rut. Yeah. Uh, it's a really elite pitching staff, but, you know, this is this is the time right now. This is this is get-right opportunity, I feel like, with a series uh, against Kentucky at home. I mean, if they can come out and sweep this series and get a little momentum and score some runs um, against that Kentucky pitching staff, which is nowhere near Tennessee's pitching staff, maybe that can build some momentum for them and they can keep it rolling. Let me ask one final thing here, I did because you mentioned Tennessee. Um, you know, I think Vitello's one of those guys, you either love him, you think he's a hot dog, you know, whatever he might be, but there's no, there's no doubt that he's turned that program around, and he did it in a pretty short period of time. That surprised me, Aaron, that the turnaround occurred as quickly as it did. Did that surprise you as well? <clears throat> Yeah, it did. I mean, this program had been irrelevant for 15 years. You know, they hadn't even been to a regional since 2005 um, when, when they went to Omaha. And after that, they just wandered through the wilderness, multiple coaches. And you bring in Dave Serrano, who's a, you know, a really good, well-regarded coach who took two different programs to Omaha, Irvine and Fullerton, and he couldn't even really get them close to a regional you know, in, in his whole tenure there. And then Tony comes in, and, and in year two, they're, they're in a regional, and then they have COVID, and in the following year they're in, they're in Omaha, um, and now they're the best team in the country. It just it's shocking to me, you know, it, no question about it. And, and he's always been a great recruiter. That's that's his mo. That's you know wherever he's been in Arkansas, at TCU, at Missouri as an assistant, um, he always procured talent at a high level, and he's continued to do that. You know, even though they don't have anywhere near the best facilities in the league. I mean, it's uh, if you stack that part up against the, the powers, I mean, it's even more of a surprise, but yeah. um, they're, just, they're just rolling right now. You know, you just got to tip your cap to them, whether you like their style or not. Uh, where can people see your work is what I want to end with. We're at D1Baseball.com. we got everything you need to follow the college game here down the stretch, all the regional projections every week, lots of different podcasts and analysis, and, of course, the scoreboard. It's all there at D1Baseball.com. Okay. Aaron, always appreciate your time. Thanks for doing it. My pleasure. You got it. Aaron Fit, d one Baseball. The latest uh, top 25 poll is out. Tennessee is one. Miami is three. I, I'm, I can't. It's not fair to take a snapshot of a team in early March and compare what they are now. But you got I mean, look, the ACC is good. You, you heard him say the ACC probably talked about better than the SEC. Uh, Southern Miss is up to number four. And Arkansas is five. Uh, Georgia is 14, Auburn is 19, A&M in the poll this week is 21, LSU is 22. Those are the SEC teams in the poll. 113, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. We'll take your calls, questions, and comments to round out the day. What are your thoughts on what Aaron Fitt had to say about Gator Baseball? ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. This is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. You know, folks, if you're thinking about selling your home, 
and waiting for the right time, well, you're not alone in that because selling is the easy part. Finding your next home can be tricky. Well, that's why the one realtor I trust and highly recommend is Scott Caldwell. Call him and he will make sure your timing is right. With your home sold guaranteed realty, especially in the Ocala area market, why risk leaving money on the table with just any agent? Scott Caldwell has an 18-year proven track record and expertise to help you sell and buy. His name is his promise, your home sold guaranteed realty. He has guarantees and thousands of exclusive buyers in his database, creating higher demand, multiple offers, and taking the hassle out of selling. This is how he nets his sellers almost 3% more money when compared to other agents. He did just that for the Cantors in Ocala. He sold their home for $12,250 over the asking price, and he did it in just four days. So call Scott today and see if you can get similar results, 352-209-0000. That's 352-209-0000, or visit CaldwellHasTheBuyers.com. Hi, Darcy the Cow here for Black Cow, the mature manure. Planting a sustainable vegetable garden helps to protect the environment, and there's nothing like knowing where your vegetables came from. Black Cow is a natural fertilizer with 10 times more nutrients than garden soil. Everything grows better with Black Cow, you know. That's blackcowkow.com. Black Cow, the mature manure. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Florida Army National Guard. Aired by the Florida Association of Broadcasters and this station. There are certain memories you have of great nights with great friends. Memories that'll last a lifetime. And if you're like a lot of folks, many of those memories happened at 1728 West University Avenue in Gainesville. It's been many names over the years. The College Inn, the Purple Porpoise, Gator City, and six years ago, a new establishment was built at that address. The Social at Midtown. The Social at Midtown is Gainesville's favorite restaurant and rooftop bar and is located right across from Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. The Social has 60 huge flat-screen TVs, so you won't miss one second of the action. And every night, they have different specials, but you don't have to wait till the nighttime to head to The Social. They open for lunch at 11 o'clock every day of the week. Check out their delicious menu at thesocialgnv.com. Follow them on social media to see the latest specials. It's time to make new memories at 1728 West University Avenue. See you at The Social at Midtown. Gainesville Highfield MRI is growing and expanding their business. Construction is underway, and later this year, they'll be adding X-ray and ultrasound capabilities. If you need a scan, go with the best. Gainesville Highfield MRI. There's a reason why so many doctors refer their patients to Gainesville Highfield MRI. They're kind and compassionate. They help with insurance issues. They're claustrophobic friendly, and the scan times are so much quicker than other imaging centers in the area. Gainesville Highfield MRI, located in the Millennium Center on 43rd Street and Newberry Road, and online at GainesvilleHighfieldMRI.com. 
The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings at 9, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. All right, we'll take your phone calls, questions, comments for the remainder of the day. Tomorrow, Blake Alderman, 24-7 Sports. We'll talk Gator football recruiting. Uh, Ashlyn Sullivan with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk about uh, what they might do with the NFL draft in just a couple of days. 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Let's talk to John. John, hello. Good afternoon, Steve. You got some great guests today. I'm really appreciating it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you, I know that you're from New York, and I know your, I guess your, your allegiance to your, to your certain teams like the Jets, uh-huh. the Mets. So since you're from New York, I mean, my family's from New York, and when we, when I was real little, I was a you know so, so-called Jet fan, but when we moved to Florida, we moved to South Florida, and then since there was no other teams around, there was the Dolphins. That's how I, you know, I built to become a, a, a you know, pretty much a lifelong Dolphin fan after that. But let me ask you this: since you're from New York, what what made made you your your allegiance to your certain New York teams? Like like you're a Met fan. Why why weren't you a Yankee fan? Uh, Jets. Why weren't you a Giant fan? I'm just kind of. Is there kind of like a so-called mind drawn in the sand of who you root for? No, um, it, it's a little bit uh, involved, but let me give you the Reader's Digest version here. Uh, my mom was a big sports fan. Uh, my dad was not. Um, but he, because I liked sports, you know, he kind of took them up. Uh, he couldn't stand the Yankees, and my mom's side of the family were Yankee fans from, you know, Joe DiMaggio. And I was a Yankee fan as a kid with Maris and Mantle and that group. Uh, when Yogi Berra was fired as the Yankee manager, despite getting to the World Series, that's when I said I'm done with the Yankees and became a Mets fan. Uh, similarly, uh, I didn't know much about the New York Titans. I was too young, uh, so I was a Giants fan. And that was the tail end of their really good run. You know, Y.A. Tittle and Frank Gifford and Jim Cavage and Del Schaffner and all those guys. Uh, but when they got bad and the Jets got some guy named Namath, uh, I became a Jets fan. Uh, so there you go. I got you. I just, I just kind of because I know when, when Larry Vitale was down there, he was a Yankee fan, yep. and not, you know, Met fan. He was a Giant fan, not a Giant. I just kind of like wondering, is it maybe, you know, for certain people, is it like certain areas of, of New York City that you live? I'm not, I'm not mm. sure if you lived in New York City. I mean, I'm just kind of wondering how some teams. Some of it's, people, some of it's who your family, you know, gotcha. has been. Um, but you know, for me, it was the impact of a player. You know, one guy. I got you. Um, yeah, I hear you. And the other thing is, too, you know, when you're 9, 10, 11 years old and the team that you followed gets old all at once and then you don't recognize anybody on the team anymore, well, then you look for somebody else. So that happened That happened as far as the Giants and the Jets are concerned. 
I got you. I appreciate it, man. I, I always want that interest. I, I'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you, John. Three nine two eight two five five. You can email s russell at wruf dot com. Uh, by the way, uh, the baseball games this week. Florida has no midweek game. Uh, there just aren't a lot of good games this week in terms of, you know, ranked ranked. Georgia State's at Georgia. Kentucky is playing a midweek game. They play at home against Dayton tonight. Xavier is at Tennessee. Alabama is on the road at Samford. Arkansas is playing in North Little Rock. They're going to play against Central Arkansas. Auburn's at Jacksonville State. Missouri's at Missouri State. LSU is at New Orleans. And uh, Ole Miss is playing Mississippi State uh, in Pearl. That's an annual game that they play. And Texas A&M was supposed to play Sam Houston State. That game was canceled. Tomorrow, there are two, I'm sorry, Thursday, there are two SEC series that start Alabama at South Carolina and uh, Texas A&M at Vanderbilt. And all of a sudden, you know, that series, I don't know, a month ago, didn't look to be that big a deal because, you know, frankly, A&M wasn't thought to be very good. Well, now it's two ranked teams playing. Elsewhere in the league, Auburn will be at Tennessee. Big test for Tennessee and Auburn. Mississippi State is at Missouri. That's an important series for both those teams because they're like Florida. You know, they're at the bottom looking up. Uh, Georgia's at LSU, so that's a big matchup of top 25 teams. And then Ole Miss is at Arkansas. So that's the, uh, the weekend SEC schedule. Gator Lacrosse, ranked number nine in the country now will take on 22nd-ranked Jacksonville at home tomorrow. Final regular season home game. Opening draw is set for 6.30. Florida clinched at least a share of the AAC regular season championship, um, and Jacksonville's coming off a win against Liberty uh, in the A-Sun. So, been a good year for Mandy O'Leary's team. 3928255. Come on, folks, let's talk a little sports here. In the final half hour uh, tomorrow, you're going to hear uh, Blake Alderman talk Gator football recruiting uh, as to what they're doing now. Um, the whole staff is out doing their thing on the recruiting trail. Bill uh, emails uh, a lot of Gator baseball. He says, while I'm, and he capitalizes the word, I'm highly disappointed in Gator baseball this year. I'm just hoping this is a blip on the radar and the Gators at least can get to a regional. How bad would it be for this team to not even make a regional? It wouldn't be good, obviously. And, and I look, I've not talked to Sully about this. My thought process would be he's got a good young nucleus here. And the young pitchers are starting to pitch pretty well. You never know who's going to go in the transfer portal. You never know. So if you lose guys like Fabian and Halter and people like that, you know, veteran guys, do you let the younger guys, you know, the Corey Robinsons and the Provesks and those guys be the next round here? 
or do you go in the portal and get an experienced arm or two and get an experienced bat or two like a Ryapel to help next year? I, that is what I'm kind of waiting to see uh, what happens here. Richard says <coughs> the Mets were seen as a return of the National League Baseball to New York. Certainly. Um, and he says the Mets and Shea were viewed as Long Island's team. Well, I mean, it wasn't Brooklyn, but I mean, obviously, the Mets outdrew the Yankees when the Yankees were still good. I mean, it, that could never, I shouldn't say never. Can you imagine a team that is, I think the Mets were 40 and 120 in their first year. Right, 42 and 120, something like that. They lost 120 games. Nobody booed them. In fact, <coughs> attendance was great because National League Baseball was back. And remember, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, I just can't get rid of this, whatever the Gainesville grunge is. Think about how bad the Mets were for a long time. When they rose to ninth place, it was a big deal. 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, and 68, they were terrible. And all of a sudden, they win the whole thing in 69. And then, correspondingly, the Yankees got bad. They won the pennant in 64. They finished sixth in 65. They finished dead last in 1966, both New York baseball teams finished in last place. Yeah, wasn't a very fun time. And some of the players the Yankees had in those teams were just, oh, it was bad. 127, time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Live from Weimer Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics now. Hey, it's Steve Russell. That pain in your back, your knees, your shoulder, it can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics, growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Really exciting stuff here. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and no surgery. You've heard Emmett Smith rave about QC Kinetics. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action now. Get a free consultation. Powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics now. Now with offices in Ocala and the Villages, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. There's this uh, one physician that I admire a lot and trust with my life, and they referred me to Dr. Art. But you know, I had to invest in myself, my confidence with my smile now, and, you know, it's just made the world of difference to me. So much. It's just so well worth the investment I made here. Dr. Art has an amazing um, technique. Um, bedside manners are just amazing, makes you feel relaxed, like, you know, you're part of the family, and that's, 
I won an exceptional work. Um, that's why I came to exceptional. In exceptional dentistry, it's all about the trust and the confidence that the patient can have with the, with the team here. Love Dr. Art. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at exceptionaldentistry.com. That's exceptionaldentistry.com. Just three words tell you everything you need to know. They tell you why we employ more than 2,000 workers at our factory in Virginia Beach and why over 10,000 local steel dealers are putting battery power in the hands of Americans. Just three words. Made in America. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. The majority of steel products sold in America are made in America of U.S. and foreign materials. Batteries and chargers are sourced internationally. We're all on this planet together. So join Odyssey in counting down to Earth Day. With 21 days to go, here is one thing tip number one. During the spring and summer, hang your clothes outside to dry instead of using the dryer. Not only will you save electricity and money, but your clothes will get that fresh outdoor scent. Join Odyssey, and together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Staying warm into the evening, but there is a system passing just to our north that could trigger a few showers and thunderstorms during the evening along the I-10 corridor and also east of I-75, but they should be isolated in nature. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, lows in the mid-60s. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and a little bit cooler than the past couple of days. Highs tomorrow afternoon getting into the mid-80s. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. T.O. with us. We came in the league at the same time, and why even continue to keep getting tackled, slammed to the ground? At 48 years old, no, you're not old, you're young. Damn, T.O., come on, man. You got to wake up feeling a certain way after a game. It doesn't matter how old you are, but I mean, I'm just different. There are some people out there that kind of defy the odds, and I'm one of those guys. Key, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM. 8.50 a.m. WRUF. Live coverage of the first round of the NFL Draft starts Thursday at 7, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 a.m. WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. I'm Mick Kubert, voice of the Gators, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 a.m. WRUF, the flagship of the Florida Gators. Last half hour of the show. I'm going to bring Sam in here for a second to ask him two things. Sam, do you know what, what the Reader's Digest is? Do you know what the uh, Reader's Digest is? Okay, I can't hear you. Yeah, oh, there you go. Okay, because my friend John said he wanted to check in as one of the six people who are listening that actually remember the Reader's Digest, uh, because that is an older thing, but congrats to you for knowing that. And then here is a really good question from Bill. The Gators' latest win-loss record within the SEC for football, 2-6, and six, basketball, 9-9, nine and nine, uh, and baseball uh, is a combined 17-27 and 27 right now. When was the last time the Gators had a 500 or less SEC record in the same year for all three sports? But the, the bigger question, are you expecting the same 
more or less wins over the next two years, which sport do you feel will have the quickest turnaround and why? That's the question. Great question. I'm going to go with Gators baseball. I believe I'm 90% sure that Gators baseball reeled in the number one class in the country for 2021. So with that, I feel a quick turnaround's coming. They have a bright future with guys like Sterling Thompson, guys like Colby Halter, BT Ryapel. As for Gators basketball and football, if you're talking about those two, I think it's possible that football has a quicker turnaround than the basketball team. Basketball, I think we've fallen significantly behind in the SEC just compared to just how – not and that's not a slight on the program. It's just more that the SEC has gotten so much better. And there's, I mean, Arkansas could be the number one team in the country coming into next year. As for football, we do have a tough schedule, but I think it lines up that we could win most of our games besides that tough stretch with Georgia and Texas A&M back-to-back. Of course, you have LSU and Utah. But I think we're going to see vast improvements in year one of Billy Napier, specifically because of that quarterback – number 15 starting well it's a great question and i'll throw it out uh the last 20 minutes of the show here but look if you're if you think you're gonna go two and six in the sec again that's not happening okay if you're a pessimist if you're a pessimist here's where you could go should beat vanderbilt okay but outside of that is there anybody that you're just sure you're going to beat? And the answer is no. I, in other words, if, 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 you, if I said to you, you're going to put money on Florida beating Missouri or Florida beating South Carolina, I think you would not do that, at least now. I think I'd put money on Florida beating Missouri. I, look, they play us tough whenever we go to Missouri. Obviously, that was kind of a tumultuous time in the program. Mullen got fired the day after the Missouri loss. But I think headed into 2021, we are a better ball team than Missouri. I think there's a lot more stability. And I get where you're coming from, where you're saying right now you wouldn't want to put money on it. But I think those are winnable games. And with the right staff, the right culture in the building, which it seems at least that's what we have going right now. But who, who knows until that game, the final, my bad, the first whistle blows against Utah. But look, I think games like Missouri and Vanderbilt, you're going to have to be confident because of just how tough our schedule is next year. Yeah, uh, to your point. Do I think Florida will beat Missouri? Yes. Would I put money on it? No. Um, And in basketball, this is the sport that kind of intrigues me the most. Because, Sam, when you said Florida's fallen behind, they were 9-9 and in the league. Okay? So it isn't like they were, you know, 3-15, and but they were sort of, mediocre is not the right word, but I'll, I'll use it. They, they were just okay. Some days they could beat a pretty good team. Other days they lost to the teams they shouldn't have. So I guess the question then becomes, where in the league, who are they going to jump? Now, LSU, you would think they're starting from scratch. New coach, all those kids left the program. That's going to be tough for LSU, I think, in the first year. So you would think Florida could – Okay, to your Arkansas, Alabama, Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn. Those are the teams that this new coaching staff is going to have to hurdle 
and that's not going to be easy. And I think it could be even more than that. I mean, you have to throw in a team like Texas A&M who just made it to the yep. finals of the NIT, got absolutely robbed of being in the NCAA tournament. They're bringing back potentially the best player in the SEC next year in Coleman. I mean, actually, that's kind of unfair to say considering the national player of the year is coming back to Kentucky. But Coleman's going to be one of the best players in the SEC. That's just another team you're going to have to jump. And I think we could, honestly, Florida can next year. I mean, they have the returning talent, but guys like Colin Castleton are going to have to take that next step from averaging what did he average? 16 points a game and 10 rebounds this year to maybe 18 to 20 points a game and double-digit rebounds per game because that's the type of player and the type of talent you're going to need to compete with the guys like Oscar Shibway in the SEC. you got a guy like Nick Smith, one of the top recruits in the country, coming to Arkansas. It's going to be a tough slate for the Gators. All right, so we'll get your thoughts. That's a great question, Bill. Thank you. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to throw this out because I'm hoping I will have one of my longtime guests back when the Triple Crown starts in horse racing with the Kentucky Derby. I get information sent to me sometimes, and I think, where is this coming from? But sometimes it's really interesting. They're expecting 150,000 people to attend the race this year. There are capacity reductions to the Derby, but they're expecting a $97 million net revenue increase. And then I would have never... If somebody said to me, how much money do you think was wagered on the, on the Derby last year? I would have said, I don't know, $100 million. And you know what? I'd have been way off. Last year, $233 million wagered on the Kentucky Derby. It was 85% more than the previous year. And you know those uh, Kentucky Derby hats, right? That, that's females especially. Um, the price of those things, 500 to to $1,000 to wear one of those babies. Mint juleps. This is, by the way, one of my bucket list things. I'm not a big horse racing fan, but mint juleps, the number served, which requires a thousand pounds of fresh mint and sixty thousand pounds of ice. Number of mint juleps served, one hundred twenty thousand. Five hundred twenty-two thousand cans of beer and 142,000 hot dogs. That's pretty good. Um, and then there's this. This is a website. It's called wallethub.com. And I don't know what this means, but I'm going to use their terminology. Most gambling-addicted states. Now, you would think Nevada would be number one, and they are. Where would you think Florida would be in this? Well, guess what? Florida is one of the least gambling-addicted states. Number 42. The 10 most gambling-addicted states, Nevada, South Dakota, Montana, Mississippi, Oklahoma, 
Louisiana, New Jersey, West or California, West Virginia, and North Dakota. Yeah, <coughs> I would never have guessed that. Uh, Paul emails. Uh, Steve, as a Jets fan in the draft, do they keep their picks? Do they make a trade for Samuel? If you were the GM, what would you do? Uh, that's a great question. But it depends. When you heard Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus a little while ago, what's the packaging of the picks? The Niners want two first-round picks, apparently, for Debo Samuel. That's pretty, that's pretty steep, okay? If I'm the Jets, if you want to package my top pick, at, I think they pick at five, and then a later pick, not a first-rounder, but a, a second-round pick or something like that, I, I would toss that out for discussion, but I would not do two first-rounders. Do I think that Samuel would be an instant help to the Jets? Yes. My biggest concern is the guy playing quarterback. I wasn't enamored of him coming out of college. I know he struggled last year because Jets weren't very good offensively. I understand that. I hope I'm wrong in my assessment of him. But what I want to see now is however they do it, through the draft, by getting Samuel, however they do it, get him weapons, get him protected, and then see just how good he is or isn't. And the Jets have to do that fast. You, you just, you, you cannot afford where things are now to waste three or four years. You can't. Because if they do that, the coaching staff won't be around. 143, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. We're going to end by talking MLB, unless you have a call to make. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From the College of Journalism and Communications, ESPN 98.1 FM and 850 AM WRUF. Since 1971, Meldon Law has been dedicated to giving back to our community with programs like Law Talk Live on the Sky every Saturday at 1030. You can also join our podcast, Meldon Law and Friends, every Tuesday at 4 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and 37 other audio platforms. Melden Law, the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators, now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and Lake City. From printing and faxing to mailboxing and notarizing, the UPS store has just the ing you need. With a wide range of products and small business services, the UPS store offers every ing for small businesses, all in one place. In 2022, everything we value is under assault. Everything we value is under assault. Our elections, culture, what it means to be an American. If you love this country, then you need to rock the red. Rock the red. Saturday, June 11th at the Southeastern Livestock Pavilion. A day proud Americans get fired up for the battle ahead. See Roger Stone, Patrick Walsh, Joe Flynn, and more. Tickets are on sale now, but won't last long. Go to rocktheredflorida.com. Rocktheredflorida.com. Patriots, be there. Tickets are on sale now, but won't last long. There's never been a better time to get free gas. Get to Gainesville Harley-Davidson during the month of April and get free gas for a year with new bike purchase. The 2022 models are rolling in. Check out the all-new Street Glide ST, Road Glide ST, Sportster S, or for the most adventurous, 
Pan America 1250 Special. Get to Gainesville Harley today for a test ride plus free gas for a year with new bike purchase. Restrictions apply, no cash value. See dealer for details. GainesvilleHarley.com. Kids are amazing. And at Florida Kid Care, we think their health care should be amazing too. That's why millions of Florida's kids from birth through the end of age 18 get their health and dental insurance for free or at a low cost. And your child can too. Apply today at FloridaKidCare.org or 1-888-540-KIDS. That's 1-888-540-5437. We know you love listening to WRUF, but we also know you're busy. What? I'm very busy right now. Miss a show? Well, you're in luck. All you have to do is open up the WRUF radio app and click on podcasts. Thank you, sir. May I have another? From Sports Scene with Steve Russell to The Tailgate with Jeff Cardozo and Pat Dooley, the guy's latest content is available for you on demand. Enjoy. There for you every jam-packed hour of every busy day. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From athlete activism to athletic achievements, we have you covered. Your home for every important sports story. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is University of Florida President Kent Fox, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Okay, we are going to end our program today talking a little MLB. Don't forget, we are going to have um, race baseball for you, a little afternoon version, uh, Thursday. We'll have that game at 1 o'clock. We'll do an hour of sports scene that day. Today, everything is at night. The Rays are beginning a series at home with Seattle, who's off to a good start. Miami is at Washington, two teams that are struggling a little bit. The Braves are hosting the Cubs. My Mets are in St. Louis, that's going to be a TBS game tonight. So I'm going to sneak a little peek at the Mets and the Cardinals tonight. Tomorrow, some afternoon games, a couple of them, including one in St. Louis where the Mets will play at uh, 115 in St. Louis and the Dodgers will be at Arizona. This is uh, ESPN's actually doing this now, and we touched on it the other day about fan behavior. Let me ask a question of you, and maybe we'll do more of this tomorrow. You're a fan, and you pay hard-earned money to go into a game, right? Booster fees, you know, you're paying for an expensive seat, you know, whatever that is, okay? Or even if you're not, you're just going in general admission and you're paying. What, what is the line for a fan? ESPN's doing something now. Their wording is examining fan behavior at sporting events after multiple incidents in the month of April, right? So is there a line for you at an event? I mean, certainly, you know, 
going on the field, we all know that's just not going to work. But I wonder if you feel that there is a line that you don't cross. I will never forget this. When Chris Leak was at Florida, as good as that kid was, there were a lot of fans who thought he should have been better. And Chris Leak's dad, who admittedly was a dad and, you know, felt his son was, you know, being verbally abused, said to me, <coughs> come into the stands and sit with me for a half. And I want you to listen to some of the Gator fans. I must tell you, I, I've told the story before, I was embarrassed. I was appalled by some of the things that Gator fans were saying about him. Not opposing fans, mind you. Gator fans. And I mentioned this yesterday too. I think schools look the other way at times because they want to have some sort of fame when it comes to their fan base and how difficult a place it is to play at certain places. I love the Rowdies. Love them. Okay? But I can tell you over the years, I've heard some stuff come out of that student section that was just unbelievable. And frankly, I'm not sure how it was tolerated. So, you, you know, what is the line? I, I went to a ball game last year. Ole Miss was here. They had a designated hitter that was a football player, but he was a big kid. And he grounded into a double play, and guy sitting to the right of me said, oh, yeah, go back in there and watch eat some snacks. I mean, what, what, what are you doing? Is that really what you want to do? Is that, is, that, is that the best you got? So maybe, maybe it's a day we can take, maybe over the summer, and just discuss what you think as fans the line is. Is there a line to cross? Can Do you feel you should be able to, you know, say what you want to say during a game? It'll be interesting. All right, we've got some emails here, and we will call it a day. Tomorrow, though, don't forget Blake Alderman for all you football recruitniks. Uh, the Gator staff's out in the road right now. Blake from 24-7 Sports, who covers football recruiting, will give you the latest on some of the Gator targets and what the staff is doing. Ashlyn Sullivan will join us to talk about what the Jags may do with the first pick in the draft again uh, when that takes place uh, on Thursday. And then I'm hoping, if she's listening, uh, Mandy O'Leary, uh, because they play their final home game regular season home game tomorrow. Maybe we can sneak her on. Thursday, 
I'm sorry, Friday on the show, Chris Kirshner, one of our grads, covers the Atlanta Hawks uh, for The Athletic, and we'll get him to talk about the NBA playoffs. And we're working on some other guests uh, as well. So that is what is on the docket. Um, BB says, forgot to mention from the Talking Heads yesterday, Billy Napier came up as one of three coaches to replace Saban when he retires. Why? Why? What's, what's he done? And I'm not, when I say that, I don't, I'm not knocking Billy in any way. Please understand. What I'm saying is he hadn't coached a game in this league. So how could you possibly make the leap that he would replace a guy who's won 10 billion games in the league? Right? So far, so good. I get it. But boy, now, if Billy Napier does, wouldn't Kirby Smart be the, the logical guy? Won a national championship, beat Alabama, been in Alabama? He would be more, today at least, the guy you would think of, wouldn't, wouldn't you? Joe says, uh, see, looking forward to hearing you and Jeff tomorrow on the baseball show. Uh, I know you're an eternal optimist, but do you, and he underlines, do you really believe the Gators can still be a regional team? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Do I think it's, would I bet on it? No. No, I would not. They've got a hill to climb. No question. But they're playing teams they have the capability to beat. They're not playing the cream of the crop in the league like they were in this gamut. So it starts with Kentucky. And you wonder, you know, what Kentucky's mindset is here now as well. Uh, Rick, he's got a long one here. Oh, boy. He said, if, when's the last time baseball and softball didn't make a regional in the same year? <coughs> Don't know. Gator softball is going to make a regional. I, I, they may not host, but they're going to make a regional. I, I, I think they would have to just totally like get swept in their remaining games because – I think they play Stetson Wednesday, go to LSU to end the SEC, and then they play another weekend with non-league competition, I think. Now, if they were to, you know, drop those games, would that be an issue? Yes. But that's not going to happen, and softball is going to make a real. I, I think they're in much better shape to make a regional than uh, baseball is. And our final email today is uh, Andy. He says, tomorrow when you have uh, your recruiting guy on, maybe you can ask what what he feels the biggest position of need is for Florida on the recruiting trail. I will. I will ask that because it's a legitimate question. And, you know, 
I was looking in the portal. I thought there would be a lot more players in it. I, I just, there are certainly areas of need on this football team that I think Billy Napier was going to look at the portal and get help. But I, I'm not too sure there's that much help there. So, yeah, but yes, I will. And like I said, so far, so good. He has done what he said he would do, but in the end, it's going to amount to who's here, who comes here, and then, of course, how well they do. That is going to be the bottom line. It always is when it comes to recruiting. Um, and Julie says, my son was a high school quarterback all four years. It happened early in his career, not often, but believe me, there were fans that thought they had the right to criticize him out loud and often. My line was always, you don't talk about or criticize the players. You can criticize the coaches, yell at the refs. Players are off limits. Yeah, especially at that level. Especially. Um, Gill says, uh, bet on it. RPI is 13 now. Only SEC team to have not played a weekend series in the conference against the team that currently has a losing record in terms of Gator baseball. That is our show for today. Thanks to Sam for producing it. Thank you for listening to it. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll do this again tomorrow at noon. In the meantime, enjoy what is a terrific day outside. Again, Blake Oliver will talk Gator football recruiting tomorrow. Ashlyn Sullivan will talk about the Jags and their pick in the draft. You're listening to ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF by Steve Russell. See you tomorrow. WYUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.